to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sharon and the host of this podcast. Guys, does your agency spend a ton of time collecting insurance information, chasing down prospects, just trying to get deck pages or trying to get information to get a quote? That process can be very intrusive for you and for your client, and it can uh, take a long time. My newest sponsor to the show, Canopy Connect, has built a one-click solution that allows agencies to instantly and securely collect all that information that they need for the prospect without being intrusive, without having to have all that back and forth. They import deck pages, asset information, policy information, drivers, claim information, and so much more. I would love for you to connect with my man, Tolga Tazel, you know, maybe get a demo, all this kind of stuff. And he's created a link to make that easier for you. And I'm going to put it in my show notes and I'm going to put it on social media. You've probably seen me talk about him a lot. He was a guest on the show a few weeks ago. That is app.usecanopy.com backslash heat. That's my name, H-E-A-T-H. Click on that link and uh, schedule a demo. Check it out. You also get a discount for checking out that link. So uh, on to today's show. I'm super pumped, super excited. My man Clinton Hawk came to sit down with me. We talked about data. We talked about his story. We had some cool conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. And we geeked out on data. Uh, so again, uh, Clinton Hawk is uh, a journeyman. He's been uh, an owner of an agency on the, on the captive side as well as the independent side. And now he's taking his talents over to Project Neon and doing some fantastic work over there the last 365 days. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen in the next 365 days. And even further on, it's, it's, it's amazing what they're doing. So sit back, relax, and check out my conversation with my man, Clinton Hawk. Clint, what's going on, my brother? Hey, not too much. You know, just uh, launching a brand new company here this week. So, uh, no, nothing, nothing much. <laughs> no, no, just a slow week for us here. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You were talking before we hit record, we were talking about your company truly being a pandemic company with seven people in seven different areas of the country, it sounded like. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, I'm based out of Philly. Seth's based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Sid's Minnesota, I want to say. Yeah. We've got Sarah in North Carolina, Pat in Illinois, uh, Nate in uh, Ohio as well. So everything's all via Zoom and Slack. And it's been a, but it's been a great way to be able to find talent and recruit passionate folks for us. So Yeah, that's something this pandemic's definitely taught us. Before we get into a whole lot of that, though, I definitely want to uh, introduce you, my man, to my listeners. So if you'll just take a trip with me down memory lane and we will, you know, learn more about you, talk to us as far back as you want to bring us to where you yeah. are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, again, appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure getting to meet you. I know we've been chatting for probably about six months uh, back and forth through Facebook and, and third party connections. So yes, sir. Be able to actually do this. But um, yeah, my background is the, uh, is the insurance industry. I grew up in an insurance agency family um, in the captive side though. So my mother uh, was a State Farm insurance agent, then went to work for State Farm on the corporate side. When I graduated college, uh, my first job out of school was as a commercial fire underwriter uh, at State Farm. And then I uh, did that for a couple of years, jumped into uh, an agency field specialist role, which is basically a territory manager for State Farm uh, up in uh, 
New York out in Long Island and then built my, started my own captive state farm agency that I ran for three years in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia before surrendering that to build an all digital uh, independent agency out of downtown Philly. Then spent a couple of years working for State Auto out in Columbus, Ohio and uh, got to really do the circuit working with agencies and associations and technology companies. Um, and through that, built a relationship and, and met Seth. And we have very similar philosophies on where we saw gaps in the industry and needs for the industry for, for agencies to be able to continue to be successful. And so um, while we we built that connection, spent some time working with uh, Chris Langeal over at Advisor Evolved with website design as a, as a technology platform, uh, which is a great experience, continuing to work with agency partners. And then uh, about this time a year ago, joined Beatomic to start building the Neon product. So I've been on the agency side, the carrier side, the technology side, and um, learned a, a little bit about all of it and, and all of those different spaces. I love I love hearing your, your story there because it's very similar to mine and those that listen, you know, uh, know the mayor's been down his path as well. And so I have uh, been as well on the captive, on the independent, I've been an agent, I've been a company rep, I've worked with a lot of associations, I have uh, been on the life and health side, the PNC side, you know, so we have a similar journey in that. And I think that is crucial um, to, you know, my success, your success, to anybody's success, really, for that matter, in the industry, I feel like that's super important. And you and I had kind of discussed that, as you said earlier, back and forth on some uh, messages. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I know that that's important to you as well. I know it's helped you to understand the industry more, but also be able to contribute better. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's to me what happens with what is an interesting learning for me was how few people um, have been on either both the captive and independent side. So coming across folks like yourself uh, is, is really interesting there. Um, you know, something I learned from the State Farm world was just how truly powerful and impactful their training process was and then how great a, a captive carrier can be at build a training their, their agency force uh, and something that was missing from some of the independent side. Uh, and so valuing a, a, a system that like State Auto put together for their pace setter program uh, to see that to help independent agencies train uh, was was really insightful. Um, but then from uh, you know then again, age, individuals understanding the difference between being an independent agent or a captive agency and working on a carrier side. How few folks work on both sides of that fence, uh, and so you get a lot of misconceptions of um, you know on the carrier side not understanding why agencies lash back at, at, at uh, changes and, and billing issues and agencies don't understand why carriers change rates and increase rates, even though, well, we're not competitive, you know? And so there's all these um, misunderstandings or, or lack of, of complete understanding of the ecosystem that leads to tension uh, between what should be partners with agencies and carriers and ends up feeling more like agencies versus carriers. Um, and so, that the ability to be able to see that entire cycle, to be on both sides of that fence and, and be able to communicate effectively that way uh, is lost. And, and I think that more folks that get that experience on both sides, it ends up building a, a more cohesive space and industry and, and stronger partnerships. Yeah, I, 
I understand. I agree with that completely. And again, some of the stuff you talked about in this last 30 seconds or so have been, you know, geared, and I feel like more towards independence. But did you see the same thing on the State Farm side, that carrier versus agent mentality type deal instead of working more cohesively? Or is that just an indie thing? No, no, it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're captive or independent. I mean, when I was a commercial fire underwriter, um, you know, all we did all day long was, was take calls from agencies and review applications uh, for new business. And one of the interesting things that, that I learned as an underwriter was that my manager never heard anything uh, from agencies unless it was a bad thing, you know, a miss I made as an underwriter, right? And so it made it a very contentious uh, experience of saying, hey, um, the only recognition you ever get from your agency partners is, is negative recognition up to your leadership. Or we were a small commercial team and we would see, literally, we all sat in a, a small cluster we would see agencies call in and say, oh, this thing isn't eligible. So they'd call back to get a different underwriter. And we'd watch that phone call go down the line. And so I learned this as a fresh out of college, you know, frontline underwriter working in a small team. So when I went to go start my state farm agency, um, it was, hey, when I had my team call in to ask about eligibility or need support from underwriting or claims, I asked for that team member's alias. And if they had a good experience, I had my team email their manager with that alias to say, hey, this underwriter, this claim rep, this, this frontline person really helped us out. And so it ended up building much stronger relationships. It started building trust. And I became a better frontline underwriter as an agency owner, which meant when I did call in, I had that relationship. I had that trust. We had that, that partnership that would allow things to say, you know what, you do things the right way. You recognize our, our support of your agency. Um, you choose, pick and choose your battles that make sense. And we wrote good business. And so I didn't have to worry about billing issues of submitting changes and missing documents because our underwriters gave us the heads up and, and made sure they were super clear with us about everything that was needed to be able to get accurate billing. They knew that I wouldn't submit risks uh, that would drive up rates because I understood that larger impact that says, yeah, I could misclassify something as low annual mileage or good student discount or, hey, this person's clerical when they're actually you know, uh, out in the field uh, doing sales. Um, because I recognize that that hurt me in the long run as an, as an agency owner and, and rate stability. And, and, and that only happened because I worked on both sides of that in, in the agency and in the carrier side. Yeah, I, I think that what you're saying resonates a lot. And I think it goes back to a word that you said that is missing in so many carrier agent relationships, as I've been on both sides of that, is partnership. And I think that that partnership is as a partnership always is, it's a two-way street. And a lot of people miss that. And whether it's from the agent side or the carrier side, they don't look at that as a partnership. They look at it as, what can you do for me? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I think it's because folks, you're, you miss points of view. Like you can't, you can yeah. know something, but to truly understand it, you have to be in those shoes, right? That, that whole concept of walking out in somebody else's shoes, right? That when you do that, when you actually do that, it's a whole different level of, of understanding and it changes the dynamics of the relationship and it changes the dynamics of, of the trust because it goes, you're not just giving me lip service. You're not just trying to get to a point in a conversation where you can tell me what you want from me. We actually truly understand each other and we're working together for towards that collective goal. Yeah, you're 100% correct. And for so many years, I went from the agency side then to the carrier side. And then I was in the carrier side for a good dozen years. And I'd almost forgotten 
some of my experiences as an agent. And so I would go out and I'd get frustrated with some of these agents and I would forget, you know, what I'd learned. And then so when I went back to being an agent again, you know, I spent a couple of years again as an independent agent. And I, I remembered then, you know, and it reminded me of that. And that relationship went both ways for me. And it finally became that partnership to say, oh, yeah. You know, all those times I was getting frustrated with those agents say, why just can't you write more business? Or why can't you do this? Or why can't you submit this? There's so much I didn't understand. And yep. so many agency, or I said agency, company reps, they've never sat on the other side of the desk. They don't get that. Yep. And, and it's, it's interesting the past few years, you know, insure tech has become a really big thing. Shiny objects, um, yeah. insurance, digital marketing courses, mastermind groups you know, all of these things, you're seeing a similar experience with independent agents and going and acquiring technology into their business. Uh, it's that same challenge or problem of, hey, I don't truly understand both sides of this equation or conversation. And so I get frustrated with digital marketing firms, or I get frustrated with shiny object tools, or I get frustrated with, you know, very valuable uh systems or platforms that could be utilized inside my agency because I don't know how to ask the right questions. Uh, rather I'm on the technology side to the agency or I'm on the agency to the technology and it becomes that same contentious relationship where otherwise it could be a partnership. Yeah, I completely agree. And I can remember, you know, in the early days of my career and it's been nearly 20 years now, insure tech was such a cuss word, you know, it was such a bad word and we were all scared. Right. And we were all thinking, oh, they're going to take over. Or they're going to do this. And it was never seen as that until the last several years and maybe five years. I don't know the exact years, mm -hmm. but it, it was a big, you know, and I've said that several times on other shows. So if you've heard this listeners, you know, it is something that has become a problem. And now as we're trying to bridge that gap and say, hey, no, no, tech companies, a lot of the tech companies, I shouldn't say all of them can run alongside you right and could do so many things for you to help aid you in the process and sell more or be more profitable be more efficient be more than just what you've been in the past and so i think you know that mental mindset shift is is something that's causing a lot of people trouble yeah absolutely and and that was um you know the philosophy when when i worked with my partners to open a uh, a digital independent insurance agency when i surrendered my state farm agency um that was we used a platform called Velocify at the time, which was a lead management system. Uh, and that was the first time where still it really started embracing a, a philosophy on the agency side of saying, hey, technology can enhance the personalized experience versus replacing it. Um, because for the first time, we had a platform that would track engagement with consumers uh, from at least a lead funnel standpoint of we knew which emails they were opening. We knew when they were opening those emails. We knew which calls were being answered. We know how long those conversations were. We knew which time of day they were answering. We knew how many call follow-ups to make to, to optimize the, the contact rates. And all of a sudden, we were creating a more streamlined experience for our, our agents uh, to have better connection rates and better conversion rates. And we were reducing the friction with leads and consumers to say, hey, we stopped bothering them before it became a bother to them when we, we could recognize and see the trends of, of what brought the most value. So our teams were being more successful, our consumers were getting bothered less, and we could optimize that, that experience between consumer and agent. Um, and it was only through 
the leverage and utilization of technology that, that allowed us to do that. Yeah, and I think that's huge, especially right now in what we're going through this world pandemic and so many other agencies opening up like that. You know, and I hear people talking about opening agencies in their basement or, you know, in their living rooms, and they're able to do that successfully to where, as you may remember back in your state auto days, and I know back in, you know, in my carrier days, and even now, we had a hard time wrapping our heads around those agencies that we wouldn't appoint somebody unless they had a physical address. Right. And I, I couldn't give anybody a contract unless they had brick and mortar. Right. And so I find that interesting now that I can. And I feel like, you know, one of the other things you and I have talked about is, you know, that I, so many agencies trying to bring tech into their agencies uh, and the pitfalls that come with that and some of the frustration that comes with that. And, you know, you have an interesting philosophy on that. I think it's cool. And I want to hear your thoughts more on that. And you told me one time that it's not your marketing team's fault. You know, when those, those problems happen, it's the agency owner's fault. It's more the principal's fault. It's whose fault. I mean, or is it a fault to be given? Well, and, and it, it's, a, it's a responsibility that says um, so many times when, again, regardless of when I was an agency owner uh, to when I worked inside the carrier to now working in the technology side of our, our space, the first question or one of the first questions for every piece of technology that, that gets asked by an agency is, or marketing team or, or going out to, to purchase anything is, well, how much does it cost? Well, that's, the, that's probably the last question that should be asked as a part of the process. So they're leading with the wrong question. Right, right. And so it's, it's really saying is, is how much should I pay? And it's a very different question than how much does it cost? And how much should I pay takes into account starting to build out that, that plan or strategy that says, all right, what is my cost of acquisition? What is my currently? What's the average lifetime value of my client? What is the cost of service, right? Build out that entire economic uh, value and, and, and understand the numbers inside of your agency that says, if I'm going to invest in a piece of technology, if I'm going to invest in a digital marketing firm, if I'm going to invest in hiring new people, how do I expect that to affect my numbers? Or, how, or what does it need to affect inside my business to make that economically viable for me to be a positive addition to my agency? Um, and then, you know, what should my ROI be on this? Or what does it need to be for this to be a worthwhile investment? And then the question becomes is what do I invest into next? And so how much should I pay? What should my ROI be? And where should I be making my next investments? If you've got that planned and that cycle built out, then it stops being a reactionary experience inside of an agency that says, oh, so-and-so mentioned this on uh, inside of some Facebook group, or I saw, I heard a podcast about a new product or saw a webinar about a, uh, a slick looking tool. And so therefore I just want to go out and buy it because that's going to be my silver bullet. But not every tech works in every agency. Right. And I go back, let me, let me back you up just a minute. Yeah. For a lot of my small town agencies, whether in Arkansas or in Virginia or Texas, wherever they're listening, that don't necessarily know that cost of acquisition. They don't know that stuff inside their agency. There's a lot of those out there. We'll go with the old 80-20 rule. Yep. Let's say for, for argument's sake, 80% of agencies listening to this show right now and other podcasts and other webinars don't know that information. Yeah. Talk to those people for just a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it starts it, it, in my state farm agency. I was a, you know, it was a captive agency, but I used six different systems to manage my business inside of a captive agency. 
right? So I didn't know those numbers. And, and as, a, <laughs> right. as a brand new agent and as a captive agent. So what did it start with? It literally started with a spreadsheet, right? Um, okay. And, and saying, all right, well, let's start with the numbers I do know. How big is my book of business? How much revenue do I generate off of it? What's the average lifetime that a client stays with me? Like those, those simple questions can get me to, all right, what is my total average revenue per client? Just as an agency as a whole. Okay. So it just goes back to fifth grade math and right. just figuring it out and just backing into those numbers. Yep. Ask, ask a number, the, 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 the big questions at the total agency scale, just to get the baselines. And then you start looking at saying, all right, I'm spending this much money in my business. I'm making this much money in my business what's going into those numbers. So if I know my average revenue per household is, you know, um, 1500 bucks a year, um, I'm making, all right, what's driving that? How many policies on average? What's the average premium per policy? But let's start doing that basic math. If I want to, and the average client staying three years with me, if I want to increase that lifetime value of that client, I can either increase the total amount of premium or I can increase the total number of years that they're with me. Or I can do both. And let's take a look at the clients and book of business that are driving the, that are adding to that average and see what those differences are. Is it more lines of business? Is it finding going after certain geographic areas where there's higher premiums or certain products which um, are, are higher premiums? And you can start making those decisions. Um, you start then looking at the, the costs associated with it. All right, where's my business coming from? How much does it cost to close a client that's an internet lead versus a referral versus a direct mail marketing? And, and you just, you, you start getting more and more granular and then you'll hit a certain point where it's like, I know how to go more granular, but I can't do it with just a simple spreadsheet. Now I need more advanced tools to be able to give me good data points be able to make smart decisions for my business. I think that's awesome advice. And I, uh, I know those listeners that are listening to this are, are writing down every bit of that and taking good notes. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's a big part of it is people get overwhelmed. They think, okay, I don't know. So then again, they make foolish decisions and they just buy tech that doesn't make sense because right. they don't have those numbers already. Right. When, um, so my independent agency, um, the, the partners I had when, when I started that, they were also in the lead gen space, the internet lead gen space. So they had a couple of other companies that they were running for uh, insurance leads, mortgage refinance leads, solar panel leads. They would go into different lead verticals. Um, and so we'd have these group meetings together and there was one guy in the room that was the, the head of business intelligence. He was the most quiet guy in the company. We had a bunch of type A sales guys, you know, team leaders would talk over each other. Um, he wouldn't say a word. And then until all of a sudden, you know, one of the, the, the CEOs would, would reach out to him and say, all right, what do the numbers say? And when he spoke, everybody else was quiet because he knew the numbers. Now, what was interesting is he didn't know the business story side of things, but he knew the numbers of everything that was happening. And so... The, the folks that had the, the greatest success in the different lead verticals or when I had success in the independent agency was when I could tie together the insurance side of things with the actual metrics and data points and I could turn that data into information and then use that information to take action. And so agency owners that will find success in this space are those that say, hey, I'm gonna start collecting good data points and then I'm gonna apply it to working theories or the stories inside my business to say, what does that, what is that data actually telling me? What's the information that I can glean out of that? 
And then I can use that to drive my action that says, does that shiny object make sense for my agency? Does that investment in that new person make sense? Does that test, should I continue running that test for a digital marketing strategy? Uh, versus a knee-jerk reaction of saying, I'm going to stop doing this or I'm going to go out and buy that. Sorry. Uh, and so, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, building that plan and investing uh, before you make an investment, before you make those decisions. And again, going back to what we were saying earlier, once you have all that information, and I think it all goes back to something that, you know, I, I grew up learning as, again, second-generation insurance guy um, as well. Numbers never lie. And those numbers are, you know, something that you, I mean, they can be manipulated. They can be changed here and there. But at the end of the day, those numbers can't lie. And so right. that's makes sense to why the person who knows the numbers was the one who everyone listened to and yeah. the one that was the most important guy in the conversation a lot of times. Yeah, that made me uh, sit up and realize that I needed to start putting the systems in the place that I always knew my numbers. Uh, so again, I grew up in the insurance family. And so when I was, when I was uh, getting into the insurance world uh, in college and, and into the first job, family dinners were, hey, tell me how you sold this. Run me through that sales call. I remember sitting at the table before, you know, starting my first agency with my mother doing role plays of sales, right? Um, and, and that's what our, our family dinners were. And it was all about how to tell a good story and, and how to educational sales and build that relationship. Uh, but it was never about the numbers side of things. And so it was taking the first part of my career, which was the insurance knowledge and the sales knowledge and saying, uh, now let's learn about the how to properly measure KPIs. Let's learn about technology that can help uh, put numbers and, and create good data and tie that back to that sales story so we can build smart businesses. And I can go from being a producer and a great salesperson to being an owner and a CEO of my insurance agencies to, to really build a business and work on it instead of work in it. Yeah, no, I totally understand. It's funny that you brought up the uh, dinner table. I mean, that was, again, my dad, you know, being an insurance agent, you know, you, you always see his mind and his wheels turning. We'd go out to eat at restaurants even, and it, he'd be talking to the restaurant owner about this or that, or he'd be getting to know this person, or he'd be up across the, across the room talking to somebody at their table and he was always selling. And yeah. then when I got into the game with him and started selling insurance with him, he started building that. And I didn't realize it until later on, but he was building that data up for me of saying, okay, so son, how many cold calls did you do today? This was back before Google, before internet. I was, you know, knocking doors, you know. Yep. Hello, I'm Heath Sheeran. I mean, knocking doors. He would say, okay, how many, how many stops did you have today? And I would tell him, okay, 20. Okay, how many appointments did you get? You know, he would track that for me on a weekly basis. I didn't realize what he was doing at the time. And then, you know, he would say after a while, okay, you know what you got to do today, son? If you want to get some appointments tomorrow, go knock on 20 doors. Right. You know, go right. knock on 10 doors. Go get in front of at least two people because you know you're going to get into one of those. Whatever those numbers were for me. And they would got, they'd get better or worse depending on, you know, the time of year, what was going on. And he would keep that for me. I didn't realize it and didn't respect it until later on in my life. But, yeah. It's those numbers and it's that building a plan and it's knowing that data and so yep. many insurance agencies, even now, as simple as it sounds, they don't do it. Right. Right. And that data is, is wildly valuable uh, for yes. you as an individual business to scale and grow. But I mean, you look at it in the space. Um, well, you, you can see it through, through social media and platforms of the, the, I think it's what seven of the 10 most valuable companies 
are data-driven platforms, uh, yep. whether it's social media or Amazon or Netflix um, from, from that standpoint. Heck, even in our own space, one of the largest AMS platforms out there uh, was sold in 2016 for just under $3 billion. And then four years later, they were doubled in valuation. They didn't double in size. They didn't double in number of users. In fact, I think they actually probably shrank a little bit, but they doubled in value. And, it, it, and, and the value wasn't, it wasn't what we traditionally would think of from a revenue standpoint. The value was the data that they had that all of a sudden started being properly valued in, inside the space. So you know, your, your, your data as an agency is, is being monetized throughout our industry, others are benefiting off of it and, and making use of it and, and are purchasing it. We as agency owners need to be able to use that data as well to drive the success in our businesses. Yeah, I completely, you know, and I've heard this story and it's been, you know, not a, a new story because it's been an, a, an issue or been a, a source of contention and, and something that we've talked about for years. But, you know, we talked about our boy earlier, Seth Zaremba, and he kind of came to this realization and wanted to do something about it. And kind of, it, I, I attribute it to him, started a revolution and started this, this thing that other companies and other tech companies, other people have jumped on board. He's gotten a lot of people excited about this. And, you know, for those that, that may not know, uh, if you're one of those 80% that, you know, may not have listened or heard it, talk to me a little bit about, and again, I don't want to be a commercial. You and I are very clear on that, but I do want you to tell some people a little bit about Neon, what you're doing what Seth's doing, Sid's doing, your team, a little bit what you're doing with that, with that uh, data, help the listeners understand a little bit more about what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where, where it started was originally, hey, we've got all these disparate systems, right? So you've got your different marketing avenues, whether you're buying internet leads, using third-party digital marketing, you're doing Facebook ads, running Google ads, et cetera. You know, you've got all your marketing campaigns. Now you've, you've got data insights from that, tracking of calls, contact rates, et cetera. You've got uh, your phone systems that are now giving you reports on inbound calls, outbound calls, length of calls, who called, when. Uh, you've got carriers that are providing hit ratios and, and uh, conversion rates and lifetime value numbers. You have your lead management systems that are giving you uh, understanding of open rates for email campaigns or follow-ups uh, for contact rates from, from your phone conversations. Uh, your website's giving you Google Analytics around time on page, number of hits to page. Uh, your lead forms will show you conversion rates from traffic on site to converted leads. Um, your website chats show you how many people engage in chat, how long those chats are, response rates uh, to it. So you've got all these disparate systems that are providing you data insights, but there's no one collective space to actually be able to manage it all or, or tie it all together. And there's different terminology that's used across these different systems. There's different data points that they point to as being most important. And nobody could show that collective journey of that consumer through your agency from the point when they originally were interested in something to the point that they ultimately left your agency, whether they went somewhere else or, you know, and passed away. Um, and so the ability to, to aggregate that data together in, in a, a platform uh, that was standardized uh, didn't exist in our ecosystem. You'd have to go out and buy 
anywhere from half a dozen to a dozen different platforms. And then you had to try to download them into CSV files, uh, hire that business intelligence person in your agency. And it was a full-time job plus for them to aggregate all those reports together to try to gain some insights out of it. So um, Seth's vision, and, and I'm lucky enough to be, be a part of the team that, that does this, is saying there, the solution exists. Um, and, and it existed in other industries. We just had to bring it to the insurance industry, to the independent agency level. Um, and so it's that single platform that will bring together your marketing insights, your CRM, your AMS, your website analytics, your VoIP analytics, your... Uh, customer service analytics, your carrier analytics, and be able to measure every, every interaction uh, with that client and with that carrier. And so not only just your what data or that policy level data of premiums, coverages, lifetime value, but that why data. So the behaviors, where were all the interactions? How many interactions? What channels? And how did that, how did those two data sets overlay to understand what drove the success or the failure of that relationship with that client or with your agency as a whole? And so the, the, the first version of this is what Seth built inside of his own agency to be able to, to see those insights. So you create good data and then turn that data into information, but then to be able to take larger and larger actions on it, the realization of some of these more advanced tools that, again, are still very much buzzwords inside of our industry and in a lot of industries of machine learning and artificial intelligence, that takes really large data sets for those tools to be effective and efficient. Uh, and so to be able so, to... Yeah, go ahead. So what I'm, what I'm hearing, and you may be about to dive into this even more, he did this in his own agency, had his data, and he thought, you know, if I had more data in other areas, other states, other agencies, yep. we could overlay all of that data and be able to help each other out. Exactly. Exactly. So um, what, what the platform does is it, uh, it anonymizes the data. So it leaves all personal identifiable information behind. It aggregates, aggregates it together into a, a central warehouse and then allows us to run insights off of those data sets for all agencies on the platform. So you can understand where you're winning, why you're winning, and how does that compare to the industry as a whole? Because if I say, is your agency successful? Well, how do you measure success? Is your agent, are you doing great in your market area? Well, maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know how to define great because I don't know how I compare to other agencies in the space. We've got some, you know, uh, best practices studies that get released once a year, every year, but in this digital space, and, and as we know, a year is too long to understand. You Agreed. need it on a real-time basis. Um, you sure do. And, and even to that carrier agency partnership relationship, right? The carrier comes out and asks the agent, well, why aren't you selling more of us? And the agent comes back and goes, well... You're just not competitive. What do you mean we're just not competitive? Well, my gut tells me, my team, I went and asked them before you came in just 15 minutes ago. It said, you know, why aren't we selling more of Carrier A? Well, the rates aren't competitive. Well, is it the rates aren't competitive or the rates aren't competitive for that specific segment of leads that you just tried to quote three people? And so therefore you're taking a single data point of three people over the past week to make your decision that the rates aren't competitive. On the carrier side, is it saying, well, agents just aren't quoting us enough? Or is it maybe that you're not actually competitive in the marketplace that, that exists for that given state? And so those questions can be answered if we have this collective data set. Um, and and it, it, it creates 
a whole new way for the independent agency channel to remain competitive, to, to continue to have a place and to lead in, in the insurance industry. Um, and I have a, a, a personal uh, opinion or belief that it is an independent agency versus independent agency. It is an independent carrier versus independent carrier. It's the independent channel competing in the insurance industry as a whole. We've got, you know, in any individual agency or any individual independent carrier, it's a really small slice of, of the pie uh, of the insurance industry. Those big slices of the pie are those captive carriers. The big slices of the pie are those direct consumer carriers. And, and those should be the folks that we're working together to take that market share and to build our business and build our channel as a whole. Um, our competition is in each other. No, I completely agree with that, which I, I don't, I want to go back to, I mean, I'm ADHD a little bit. So I want to go back a little bit to what you said yeah. earlier and, and pair it with what you just said now, because I agree a hundred percent, but I find it fascinating that so many, if, if we're chasing the captive, and you, it, we're building the argument that the captive is the, you know, the bigger, the bigger, batter enemy or the, the better, or whatever you want to call it. Why do you feel like so many captives leave that space? So they have this home where they have so much data, they have the marketing, they have all the money, they have the big, you know, red machine, so to speak, that you used mm -hmm. to work for. And then they come over here, the independent side that's looked at a lesser, so to speak, from them. And from what you just said, why is that, in your opinion, you left the captive to come the independent? Okay. When they have all that in place, why leave that? I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it was uh, a lack of insight and, and a lack of control. Um, so I ran my own business, but inside of a captive ecosystem. And so this thing was working, but I couldn't, I couldn't see through all of it of, of why, right? So... I was reliant on somebody else making the marketing decisions for me. I was reliant on somebody else making the technology investments for me. I was reliant on somebody else to, to ultimately make decisions that had massive impacts on my business as an agency owner, where in the independent, I get to truly be independent. I get to make those decisions and, and have complete control of, of my future and where my business goes. Um, and so even though those captives have all that data and it is all aggregated together, it doesn't trickle down for that complete transparency and that complete decision making. On the independent channel, we've got that complete um, ownership to be able to make those calls, but we don't have the data today to have that transparency. So both sides, neither one has the transparency, um, but in the independent world, we've got a, a path forward to be able to have that. Um, and we've got the, the control over our businesses to be able to make those decisions. Uh, and to me, that was, that's what's appealing to the independent channel and, and being an independent agency owner. Uh, and that goes back to the mission that you're on and that sets on and that your team is on with the transparency of that data, bringing that data in, anonymizing it, as you said, and you know, making the independent channel that much greater. Right. We can give the independent, as in the independent channel, we can have all the advantages that a direct to consumer does from a technology communication standpoint, you know, digital communication these days, we, we figured that out. We can have all the advantages of the data insights that a, a traditional captive carrier has with all the benefits of being truly independent and being able to offer the best products from the best carriers that, that fits for the client and consumer. So, 
we can have the we can have the competitive advantages of those other spaces in the industry while still having our own, uh, and that's something that's unique for us. What I love even more is when this first came out, and I first heard this neon revolution and this whole you know excitement behind it. You know, as it's more information's coming out in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is an agency thing against the carrier, you know, and we're battling against the carrier. And then I thought. No, this is, you know, an agent thing and a carrier thing, and they're against the uh, agency management system. And then I've started to realize it's none of those things. And that's what the beauty of Neon that I find is it is for the industry as a whole, for the independent agents. You're having carrier meetings. You're having agency meetings. You're working with Varuna, and you're working with agency management systems. You're working on a sales force. You're working with CRMs. This is not just a platform for agents or for carriers or for tech companies. It's for the whole of the industry. And that's really the point, um, is that the only way you have truly constructive conversations between carrier partners and agency partners, uh, between agencies and marketing partners, between associations and, and the collective, is if you can all be on the same page of saying not just what's happening in our business, uh, which traditionally those reports are a month to two months out of date by the time the carrier rep comes into the agent's office, but not just have up to date what's happening in the agency, but also the why, right? So the agency, when the carrier asks, well, why aren't you producing more for us? We can take a look at the reporting. We can take a look at the conversations. We can see that, you know what? Consumers stay with X carrier, you know, 50% less or, or less amount of time, all right? They cancel twice as, as fast because when we submit changes, it takes three times as long uh, to, to get a change process. Um, we have twice as many billing errors because rating wasn't, wasn't accurate through the platform that's had. Um, and, and, or, you know, we're not communicating uh, proper underwriting guidelines to our team, and we're, we're seeing that's affecting, you know, change submissions. And we can see that through our cases. We can see that through our opportunities. We can see that through the communication channels. Uh, and it becomes a productive conversation of, of how to take action versus arguing over what's happening. Uh, completely different conversation. Yeah, 100% different conversation. And so, you know, the other thing I wanted to address for just a minute, and I think it's it's crucial that people hear this, is people get excited. Yeah. You know, they get fired up about Neon, and they want to jump on, you know, full force, and they want to be involved, yet you're doing this in small increments, 35, 40 agencies at a time, mm -hmm. or 20 agencies at a time. You launched with what, 14 agencies or whatnot, they're part of the pilot. Uh, what say you on some of that? We are being very conscious about uh, how we scale and grow um, because it's, it's not about just saying, well, how quickly can we get a thousand agencies on the platform, right? It's, it's how quickly can we create good, insightful data that drives results inside of agencies. And so, that happens through making sure that one, we've got a platform that is user friendly and um, is, is easy to adopt and learn. Uh, two, it's about saying the data insights that we're generating are actually um, uh, useful for the end users to be able to drive change and, and growth inside the agency. And then three, it's about the agencies being ready to take that new approach. Right? So traditionally in your current systems, it's very policy driven. 
It's I search for this policy. I search for this account. And so I take action uh, inside of a policy or inside of an account. In our platform, it's behavior driven. It starts with, it's I need to create a case because I'm having a customer interaction. And so I'm starting with what is the interaction and then it ties back to the policy or account. Or it starts with an opportunity that says this, this lead or this consumer is looking for this product. Let me talk about that opportunity and, and what's happening inside of that opportunity and then tie it back to a quote inside of my system or back so to inside the platform. It, it allows you to be more proactive than reactive. Right. We start with behaviors and then go to policies and accounts versus starting with policies and accounts and kind of after the fact, mentioning maybe a behavior in a suspense. Which again is, you know, flipping that, you know, paradigm, it's a paradigm shift. It's flipping that mindset on its head right. that we've always done is, you know, we've started with the policy. We've started with, you know, what they're, what we're selling um, and pigeonholing clients into this or putting them here and not understanding why it's not working. And now you can be able to understand that more with the data points that you are providing with uh, this system, Neon. Correct. That's, it's fascinating to me. And again, I didn't want to be a commercial, but I know a lot of people uh, listening to this are going to be watching this launch that was yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this two years from now, then that was a terrible comment to make on the podcast. But um, for those that may listen two years from now or may listen, you know, are going to listen to this the day after the launch of Neon, um, what what are we going to see? What What is there? What's the next 365 days going to look like? Do you, you'll have that mapped out yet? I know it's, you know, changes. We didn't know we we're going to be in a pandemic this year, but right. um, what can you, when you say we can look forward to the future? Yeah. I mean, looking to the future for us is saying, Hey, we, we built our, our initial version of our platform and our product. And we've shown with our pilots, um, both on the agency and carrier side of things that we can create valuable data that, that drives impactful decision-making. And so now for us, it's really about um, building out, continuing to build out our team, uh, continuing to build out our data sets and starting putting more, um, starting really starting to integrate data science into the equation. So what we're doing right now is those initial um, behavioral insights and, and consumer experiences and agency experiences of, of understanding what and why those things are happening inside the business. Uh, where I get excited about is saying, all right, let's start making predictive analysis on what action we need to take into the future. So we can start already predict, we can start predicting in advance. If you acquire this client, this is what that experience is going to be like. Here's how you can maximize lifetime value based off of what we've seen with you know, uh, 5,000 other clients, clients that look like them uh, across the Neon platform. If you want to pursue this marketplace, we can start uh, giving that upfront that says, these are, the, um, these are the types of carriers and products that need to fit for you to be successful in this marketplace. Uh, if you want to reduce claims severity or frequency, uh, these are the types of actions that need to be taken inside of your agency in advance to be able to reduce that. And, and we can start getting really predictive about that into the future. So for us, uh, that's, that's a direction that I'm really excited to, to be heading in as we're building out this data set 
uh, and as we're building out this ecosystem that is, uh, you know, yeah. That is fascinating. I'm with you. I cannot wait. I've turned into more and more of a nerd the longer I stay in this <laughs> business. And when I hear that, it gets me excited. And I can't wait to see what that looks like and how that looks. Um, now, uh, I have one or two more things. And, uh, you know, one of the things I always end my show with is uh, I'm going to – I've asked you some questions. We've gone down this you know, path that I wanted to go down, but now I want you to take over. I'm going to hit mute. I'm going to be quiet for as long as I need to. And I want you to stand on a soapbox. Anything you want to talk about that I haven't hit yet. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it was, it was uh, funny as we were, before you hit record, uh, you were asking if I, if I knew anything about your show. Uh, and I had to admit that I didn't. I haven't had a chance to, to listen to your podcast. And um, that's because uh, this year I took a, a philosophy and approach, and, and you mentioned it because I mentioned why I had, uh, was that I've been very uh, diligent about uh, disconnecting from social media and, and disconnecting from all the insure tech groups and agency groups and carrier groups uh, that I've slowly become a part of over the past few years um, with, 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 my background and experience. Um, and I have found and seen that uh, social media can be either very powerful or it can be wildly distracting and a negative impact on, on the ecosystem. Um, and I've noticed for myself that it became a lot more negative uh, of, a, of an impact than a positive of an impact for me. And what ends up, ended up happening or, or getting sucked into is a lot of conversations um, and a lot of debates about what we should do and why we should do it and what tool is better than another tool. And so you spend all this time going back and forth on, on these platforms and never actually doing anything or, or arguing with such a small understanding or, or really zero understanding of a, a general topic, right? No, going back to earlier in the conversation of understanding your numbers, understanding your metrics, understanding how to measure a, a tool or solution or um, uh, vertical to pursue that says, you've got a bunch of people that, that are talking about things that they haven't taken the time to, to build enough of a background on to, to make a smart decision around. Um, and also you get sucked into those and uh, you lose, you lose track of time. You, you, uh, one of my challenges was I felt like I never had any time anymore. And um, there is a uh, professor out there, uh, Elizabeth Dunn. She does all this research around uh, happiness and it's not, we, we hear about financial affluence, we hear about money um, uh, driving happiness and there's debates back and forth, but what her, what her uh, studies have shown is that time affluence, uh, having time to do the things that you ultimately want to do or need to do drives the, the most, is the, is the greatest driver of happiness in your life. Uh, for me, cutting out social media gave me back all the time that I needed to be able to study and learn, and develop myself professionally, develop myself personally, focus on time with family. That says social media is the very absolute last thing I'm involved in, uh, if at all. And, and it, it gives me that time affluence to, to be able to you know, take control of, of my life and where I want it to go. So that's my random soapbox uh, across the board. No, I, I think that's fantastic. And you and I talked about um, before I hit record was uh, you have a five-year-old 
Um, and is that your only child? Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've got three of them myself, and you've got a five-year-old and a family that, and so many people again. And again, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but lose track of that. And this whole society we live in of being busy equals status or whatever that may be. So I think that's awesome. You took that time back, whatever that looked like. And I think that's good advice uh, for agency owners or for agents or CSRs or whoever that may be that, um, you know, it can be such a distraction and you need to spend time, you know, working in their business, not, oh, wait, am I saying that right? Hold on. <laughs> To spend time working on your business instead of in it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I always get that those words the in mm -hmm. and on. But anyway, um, I think we've heard that. I think that's fantastic. Um, Clint, man, I could probably talk to you for another hour. I know as we go back to busy, I know you're a busy guy. I've got some stuff I got to get to, but I, I truly appreciate you coming on, hanging out with me and talking to the audience. And I really think it's awesome. Good luck with everything this week. And uh, I can't wait to see the future of Clint, of Neon, everything else. Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate it, Heath. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where everything goes. So thank you. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your week. You too, sir. All right. Thank you guys so much for checking out my conversation with Clinton Hawk. What a great conversation, what a cool guy. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you did too. I hope that the content we brought you provided value to your day and to your agency. And I, I really mean that. Guys, I, I can't thank you enough for the feedback and the emails that I get every week and for hitting me up on social platforms. It's, it's awesome, it means the world to me. I do gotta let you know that this episode could not have been possible without my man, Ryan Mayfield, over at Ready, Set, Podcast. They do such a good job. If you have an idea for a show or an idea for a podcast, please reach out. Go to GetReadySetPodcast.com. And you can also find him on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Yeah, my man's easily accessible. So uh, won't you do that for me? Get ReadySetPodcast.com. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to visiting with you next week.